The greatest things that my boys have seen that I want each and every teenager in the house to see is the miracles of God. I mean, at amazing levels. Uh, David, before the pandemic, this summer they saw a plethora of miracles, deaf ears open. But one of the neat ones I tell about is uh, when we were in Thailand, there was a little deaf boy and deaf from birth in one of his ears and David ministered in healing. And at first it looked like nothing happened. It was in the school right after they did their Buddhist chants and Buddhist prayers and pledge of allegiance. And David walked up, did, did the mass presentation of healing at the end of uh, our gospel presentation after we lead them in the prayer of salvation. And do you know that little, other kids were instantly healed, but that little kid deaf in that ear from birth, or excuse me, I'm, I'm switching up deaf ears, blind eyes. This was a case of blindness. He was blind from birth in one eye. There are so many miracles we see even this summer, so many cases of deafness that were healed. This little boy was blind in one eye from birth. And at first it looked like nothing had happened and David walked up and I'd been talking to some of our missionary point people and I looked over and he had his hand right in front of that young man's face. I guess the young man was maybe around 10 and had the young man cover his other eye and he was moving his hand back and forth in front of his eye. David has been trained by us like we train our team members. When you use the name of Jesus, the power of God goes forth. The power's in the gospel. When you command and release the command of faith, the power's at work in their body. So begin to work the miracle even if you don't see things naturally happening. So he was waving his hand right there in front of the little boy. Little boy started saying, I see light, I see light out of this eye. His, other, his good eye was covered. And then he said, I see your hand moving back and forth. And David didn't stop there. He went ahead and started saying boldly, well, count my fingers. Started holding them up. Two, started backing up. Five, three, got to about 10 feet away from the little boy, that eye that had never seen anything. And the little boy was counting every set of fingers David held up, healed by the power of Jesus. God has great and mighty things, whether we're pastors, whether we're evangelists, whether, you know, five-fold ministry offices, whether we're in our 70s, we have folks that are in their 70s come out on mission trips and preach the gospel with us, or whether it's our kids coming out, seven, eight years old, or teenagers that we send out or bring out with us, God wants to move mightily through the next generation, all the generations alive on planet Earth. And, and part of that is passing the baton to the generations below wherever we find ourselves so that they can run farther, faster in doing what? The number one thing God wants done on the earth, winning precious souls to Jesus. And so we are in a very unique stage as a ministry where we're going after more souls than ever before. We had obeyed God in 2021. Folks were not mobilizing mission trips coming through the pandemic. And the Lord challenged my heart. He said, I don't care what your home church is doing. I don't care what your alma mater, I went to Oral Roberts University in Rama, all the different churches in Tulsa, mega churches, the two alma maters I just named that I went to, all of them have missions programs and usually take mission trips, but not 2021. And the Lord said, I'm instructing you 
to do it. I have a way if you dare to step out in faith to mobilize people. And in the natural, how do you mobilize a huge team? We took 98 people in 2021 to Ecuador in two weeks, facilitated 98 people. Not one person on any of our trips came down with COVID, praise God. God's hand was upon us. But Ecuador had gone through its worst hit of COVID. And just weeks before, the pastor's were extremely sheepish when we first started talking to them about reaching people with the gospel. But we started saying, hey, we're gonna do, instead of, we can't, we know we can't gather mass crowds like we normally do. So we're gonna hire out leading production companies. We're gonna do virtual crusades and advertise cool music and our prize giveaway on the internet where people even can have a point where they interact live with us and can enter some of those drawings. And do you know what? They started getting excited. We said, we're gonna ship in food and we're gonna be able to go out and just in small settings, bring it to those that are in most need, but you're gonna come with us so it sets you guys up as you come out of this pandemic to touch people's lives and them know where the answers are found. Your churches, all of a sudden, we got a group of pastors that were fired up. They said, we're into that. We're gonna bring water filters in and give clean water through those water filters. Man, we had a bunch of pastors get on board. Next thing we knew, we were booking ourselves on the leading talk shows in nations. We were hiring their celebrities to be our presenters in our virtual crusades and God blew the hinges off of it. Tens of thousands tuned in through social media, were saved, were healed. We had people in other countries being healed. And because we were willing to do that in Ecuador, kicking off, by the time we got to Albania, God began to bring in a harvest based off us simply obeying him without us having to hire and pay a lot of money or what have you, the leading talk show and the morning shows said, please come on our show, share what you're doing in our nation. And God opened it up for Eastern Europe. I'm convinced because we obeyed God and did those from Ecuador to Albania to Peru, by the time we got to 2022, we reaped the harvest in what you saw. Obedience always takes you to next level blessing. If you're taking notes, write that down or putting stuff in your, uh, your smart device, type that in. Down, obedience always takes you to next level blessing. We know because of passages in the old and stories, Saul and Samuel, that obedience is greater than even sacrifice, correct? We wanna obey God and be right on the cutting edge of what he's doing on planet Earth. And it positioned us when we went into Zambia. That group united and we saw a record total of souls. You saw some of the clips from Zambia. For that continent, we have never seen that many born again, over 62,000 born again just on that continent alone. Praise be to God. When we got back to Eastern Europe, we had never seen this many souls swept into the kingdom of God in any European nation even if we threw in our Australia projects years ago and team trips, even Quebec, Canada, it was almost double the highest single project in kind of the first world nations. We saw over 4,700 born again. They told us we have not seen this many souls come into the kingdom in an event just five or so days since the communistic walls fell and people like Lester Summerall came in and they held big crusades 
uh, pastors like from my home church, uh, he's now with the Lord, but Pastor Billy Joe Doherty, huge crusades in Albania. They said it was like we had this huge harvest when communism fell and then things got quiet for years. They even said Brother Franklin Graham came in and maybe we gathered about 3,000. We saw over 4,700 born again in five among Muslims, among uh, those from orthodoxy backgrounds, you know, Catholics and the Orthodox Church, uh, from the agnostic and atheistic community. When you show up with miracle signs and wonders and you preach the number one message that is the only message that will give humankind freedom in one hearing, and I'm talking about the simple gospel of Jesus, it changes regions of the world. And so we have stepped into something. I want to share a scripture that kind of capsulizes what I believe the body of Christ has stepped into on planet earth. In Luke 4, verse 18 and 19, it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Jesus stretched open the scrolls there in his hometown that day and read the assigned reading of the day in the Jewish synagogue, and it was the fulfillment of what he was reading in and through him. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. The original King James says those who are bruised means oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. How many know after Jesus' resurrection, Today, every single day, 365 and a quarter, 24-7 is the acceptable year of the Lord. In fact, 2 Corinthians 6 verse 2 says, now is the time, today is the day of salvation. Well, if you get into the Amplified of verse 19 of Luke 4, I want to read you the Amplified, what it says. It's very revealing the fullness of what these verses actually say. The Amplified actually takes all the original text and shows us what it really means in its fullness. To proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord. Do you know we're in the time of the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord? In the Old Covenant and under the Old Testament, the law and the dictates of God were set out that only every 50 years this thing would happen. I just turned 50. One of the reasons I've emphasized and preached a little bit more on this passage is I'm right there at that year. But you know, this is for every single day now that Jesus has risen from the dead. We are standing right now in the most accepted, acceptable time of the Lord to proclaim the good news of his freedom. It goes on to say, the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. Now, if it were just to say abound, that says enough. But it doesn't just say abound, it says profusely abound. The day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. Not just favors, favor or favors says a lot, but it's the free favors of God because it's all wrapped up in Jesus and what he did. No more price needs to be paid. No more sacrifice needs to be made save that of the sacrifice of obedience. Us saying yes. Why did Jesus sit down? Because there was nothing. My spiritual father's spiritual father in evangelism 
Jerry O'Dell, spiritual father T.L. Osborne, got to sit with him two different times. He always would preach. Why did Jesus sit down? He sat down because there was nothing left for him to do. He passed the baton to me and you. And we have all authority and all dominion to do the work of heaven and expand the kingdom of God in and on this earth. We don't need to look to the right or the left in the sense of, am I really qualified? Honey, you are qualified. You are appointed and anointed. This is the day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound on planet earth and it is an awesome, awesome day to be alive. Hallelujah. We just need to simply get out there and do it like never before. We need to determine to share across town and on the other side of the world. He wants us to get across the tracks, but he wants us to get across the oceans too because people are in such dire need like never before. When we look at the prophetic passages, one of my favorites is found in Habakkuk 2, verse 14. It says this, excuse me, uh, yeah, 2.14, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Now, I'm real literal. I have not ever been to a place that's called ocean or sea where the waters aren't right there. Have any of you? It says that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord is gonna cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. You can't get sea without water. You have water everywhere you have sea or ocean, correct? Well, he says, the day is coming, the Lord says, that the knowledge of the glory, now that's pretty powerful. The glory itself, we could spend hours and days just talking about what the glory is and the fullness of his manifestation. It's the fullness of his presence manifesting and his power manifesting. That's the glory. You take those two things and you can't reach the end of it. It's so um, magnificent. It's so epic. It's so beyond even natural words being able to be wrapped around it. But he didn't say here, the Lord didn't say that just the glory would manifest. He said the knowledge of the glory. So that meant that people in that day are gonna have intimate knowledge of what that is in manifestation. You have the glory show up and people that don't know the Lord, they'll know it's spectacular, they'll know it's unusual, but they won't fully grasp necessarily what's going on. I remember years ago hearing about a praise and worship group that um, all of a sudden beyond their music, they just began to praise God a cappella. And there was a huge gathering of people here in the United States of America. And they just kept pressing in, just shouting and praising and lifting their hands up. And off the stage, stage uh, left or what have you, this cloud began to manifest in the glory. And do you know, it so shocked and freaked people out that they stopped praising. And it was the glory of God. I mean, just in cloud form manifesting. And do you know when people stopped praising and manifest, uh, the manifestation actually started decreasing. When you have the church that's shocked and maybe even parts of the church freak out at the manifestation of the glory of God, how many know the world isn't gonna fully understand what's going on? That's why we've got to give them Jesus in the gospel. But if the knowledge of the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth like the water of the seas, 
And I am not someone that's going to be dogmatic when it comes to eschatology, in other words, end time study, and well, that's only gonna be here or there in the millennial reign of Christ. I just believe like Jesus said, pray that God's will be done and his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And man, he's talking about here what's gonna happen one day on earth. I just believe when we know our authority and our dominion, our assignment, when we understand that we as a church of the living God and we're not just uh, uh, any part of the church of the living God, I believe you at Legacy Church are part of the remnant church, the cutting edge, the frontliners, those that really believe in all these things. You believe in the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit. You believe in miracle signs and wonders. You believe in the gift of special faith. My my mama-in-law, I love her. She is such a precious woman of God, a preacher, preaching machine up to the French of Quebec. And do you know she went in early on with COVID when uh, hardly anything was known about it. And she went in and completely could not breathe. They had to take her by ambulance. Uh, Dad, uh, Martin, my wife's husband, uh, father, he had to say goodbye as husband to um, Pastor Chantel. And she called us on the phone and said, I cannot breathe. I cannot breathe. They're saying they're going to have to put me on a vent. They put her on a vent. And about, uh, oh, three or four days into it, they said, this is it. They called the family. They said her organs are shutting down, her kidneys, her, her, her heart has dropped so low. And, you know, they said after the kidneys go, it's just kind of a domino effect. You know, we've been praying, we've been standing. But thank God in that moment, something greater than my own faith came over me. And I've had this happen. Smith Wigglesworth talks about when a greater faith from heaven comes. The gift of special faith, hallelujah. And at different times in my life, I've uh, woven in and out of that gift operating. And the moment that gift, Martine was on the phone with her, her father, trying to just agree in faith and comfort and encourage him uh, because he got the report as well. We're in America, they're up in Quebec. And uh, of course, he can't even get into the hospital at that point. It was early on in the spring uh, when COVID really had uh, broken loose. But the moment I felt that greater faith come over me from heaven, I raised both hands to heaven and I began to weep and laugh at the same time. I was not weeping. Uh, I wasn't weeping because of sorrow. I was weeping because I knew that we, I knew that we had the answer, that she was going to rise up and be completely healed. And I walked in with tears running and I said, Martin, you tell your daddy. His wife is gonna live and not die. Pastor Chantel will preach again. She will stand in the pulpit again. She'll do all that. And bless God, that was the turning point. She had 11 days in. They took her off that vent. She recovered, and at age 70, she'll go in and do 10 podcast recordings back-to-back of her teachings. Glory be to God. She didn't just get raised up. She got retreaded and refired by the power of Almighty God. Never let go of the reality of these things because we're called to walk in them mightily like never before. I believe coming out of the pandemic, what the devil meant for evil. Listen, the devil's agenda, it was to wipe out huge populations with what unfolded. But he failed miserably and the population on planet earth is larger right now than it ever has been before. It's like 7.93 billion. We're about to bust 8 billion wide open. But the need is greater than it ever has been before. I was talking at the back table to a gentleman here the church earlier, and he said, is this right? Over half the earth has never heard the gospel? Yes. 
Over four billion have never heard the gospel one single solitary time. And we have the privilege with our prayers, with our support, and with our going to make a difference in lives that never would have heard in areas like Bangladesh, in areas like uh, India, in areas like Romania, people that need to hear, and not just hear, they need to see the manifestation of the gospel, the glory of God manifesting through us, his church, through in miracles, in signs, in wonders, in the good news message that freedom has been bought. They can have their broken heart, not just mended, but made brand new through Jesus. They can be set at liberty and no longer be bruised of spirit, no longer be oppressed because Jesus came to break and did break the oppression of the devil, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. But I'm here to tell you, church, they cannot know those things unless there's one that be sent. Romans 10 makes it so clear. How can someone be saved? They've got to call on the name of the Lord. But how can they call unless they first believe? And how can they believe unless they've heard? And how can they hear unless there's a preacher? And how can a preacher go preach unless they be sent? After seeing a record harvest on two different continents, finally at the time that we could regather people in person, it has hit me, we've got to stretch and do more than we ever have before. We're coming into our 25-year mark. Next spring will be 25 years for Global Ventures. And the Lord has stirred in me and challenged me, go after more souls than ever before. Go after more mobilization, more equipping. Uh, in fact, I found out your youth pastor, it blessed my heart. He's like, yeah, I'm originally from West Texas. I said, really, where? He said, San Angelo. I'm like, oh my goodness. The church that he went to the school of the church that has sent out more missionaries with us, frontline harvesters in our 10-day trips than any other single church across America, the life church down there. Uh, the pastor's about to hit his 25-year mark of being in the pulpit. I go to celebrate in just a couple of weeks, uh, that mile marker. This, we are all interconnected in this thing. I don't think it's an accident that y'all have a youth pastor from that very charter school, that, that church birth, that literally single-handedly solved the gang issue in San Angelo, Texas. There was a majorly bad gang issue, but because of manifesting forth Jesus, the gospel, building an elite school that would train young people in leadership, there's a waiting list. I think last I checked, it was like 1,000 or 1,500 or maybe even more wanting to get in, get in that school. I don't think it's an accident. We're all interconnected. I believe God is gonna mobilize teams right here from Withville, you guys are touching the world. I was sharing with Pastor driving in. I can't name the actual nation because of live streaming right now. But a young lady, I believe it was, someone was prompted to give a gift uh, in a $2,500 $2, gift last time we were here. And do you know that gift allowed us to go into this very difficult area, 
It's even become more difficult in this area of Southeast Asia to preach the gospel. And we did open air crusades, family festivals. And the ministry we worked with, they would do outreaches like that. this. But after we came in and showed our strategy of how to do it, they said, we've never had this many people ever attend an event. We've never had this many people respond and say yes to Jesus. We've, and same, even the miracles were just amazing. And uh, part of the gifting came from right here to touch that area of the world. And I'm here to tell you, it was in a season that that region of the world, crazy things were happening. Christian churches being persecuted, some being closed down. I can't go into too much detail. But we wound up exacting by the grace and the goodness of God the largest harvest, two generations of missionaries working together. Uh, they've been there long enough that their kids are working with them. Uh, saw the largest single harvest of souls. And you guys took part in that from right here in Withville Legacy Church. Praise be to God. This is the hour for great and mighty things to happen like never before on planet Earth. I want to challenge you. Do something you've never done. Sign up for a mission trip. Sign up and say, I'm going to go to the other side of the world. Send someone. Bring someone. Take someone. Pray. Give. Go. Make a difference like never before because ultimately the will of God is the words of Jesus being fulfilled. Matthew 24, 14 says this. The disciples were wanting to know, when are all these things going to really happen, Jesus? And what the disciples really were asking, <laughs> if we're not careful, the disciples were really kind of being selfish with their relationship with the master. They were really asking, when are you going to come and rule in power and get these stinking Romans off our back and let us be the premier it on a stick again? <laughs> you know, if we're not careful, we can kind of fall in the category, Lord God, bless me, help me. And God wants to bless us. He wants to help us. But he wants to bless us so that the greatest thing can happen in the earth. He wants to bless us because we're his children, right? But he doesn't want his children to become selfish with the blessing. He wants us to be ultimately heavenly and kingdom stewards, have the mentality of being kingdom, stu uh, kingdom stewardship, have that locked in in our perspective of what we are here on the earth to do. And when we get to Matthew 24, 14, Jesus said all this craziness would happen before, but that wouldn't be the mark of the end. The mark of the end was in this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end shall come. When you get into the real meaning of that, it's not talking about uh, a sovereign nation or governmental ruled boundary territory of, of a nation of people. It's talking about people groups. Every little subgroup, when you divide down to the uh, dialect and languages that are in many pla times places like India, there's so many sub-languages, but that's people's real heart language, their mother tongue. And that is the most, statistics show that is the most effective way to win people to Jesus is when we give the gospel to them in their mother tongue because it shows them that God loved them so much that he sent Jesus through vessels just like you and me to share. So we get interpreters that will speak those local dialects so that they can hear in their mother tongue. 
we know around the throne there's going to be those from every tongue, every tribe, every nation, every kindred worshiping God. He said this is going to be the mark of the end. Well, with four billion still never having heard, out of that, it's close to almost 2,000 language groups that don't even have a single page track written in their mother tongue of who Jesus is. We are the set of generations alive on the earth today to exact and fulfill God's end game. Say end game. Do you know his end game truly is afoot? It is these things. And it's funny, sometimes God allows Hollywood to kind of get close to the mark. You're going to understand what I'm saying in just a minute. I don't like some of the recent movies that have been put out, but before some of the recent shenanigans, I would go see almost every Marvel Cinematic Universe movie because I got two strapping teenage boys that love hero movies. And I got a little bit of that love in me too. I used to collect comics as a teen when I was a boy and that type of thing. And so the largest grossing movie to date was a movie called Avengers Endgame. Any of you hear about it? And it was the ultimate enemy of life throughout the universe wanting to get this glove of power with these uh, stones of power called infinity stones because he wanted to slap his, or snap his fingers and originally he wanted to wipe out half of everything living. Do you know the dark crowd wouldn't have minded if a bunch of people had died in the last few years? Again, I'm not going to point fingers at people because the one that inspires them is the ultimate villain. He's the Thanos, Satan. But the dark crowd wouldn't have minded. Same sorry demonic philosophy as depicted in that Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. He went from uh, the Infinity Wars to the final movie wanting to wipe out everything living. Do you know that is a perfect representation of the devil himself? He came to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came to give life and life more abundantly. Uncontainable, unlimitable life that overcomes all forms of death. Amen. And so we are the ones that get to carry out heaven's end game on the earth. And it's the fulfillment of Matthew 24, 14. So you want to be part of the most epic battle of all the ages coming to a climax. It's not by watching umpteen Marvel movies and you know cheering on the elite group of superheroes coming together. No, there are heroes I'm looking at all around that are from all different walks of life, different gifting mix, all different um, personality, strengths that are uh, utilized in unique ways. It's called the body of Christ coming together, taking it to the devil in these regions of the world that he's had precious souls locked in darkness, not just for a decade or two, but in some cases for millennia. It is getting the gospel light, piercing that darkness so that they say yes to him. In 2019, a little girl was bought, brought by our family. I say a little girl. She was uh, entering in college when she was brought, and her name now is Grace. But I remember when Grace was only about six years or so, six, seven years old, and her aunt Nam prayed a prayer as a Buddhist 
That was crazy. She was not born again, but she heard the God of the Christians would heal because we were doing a little crusade to strengthen the brand new church we had planted on the backside of this market in just a kind of strip mall where we rented space. She carried grace because grace had been sent home by the doctor, unable to eat. He gave a syringe for them to try to inject a little bit of food mashed up with water. They would inject stuff trying in her mouth. She had quit for the past two weeks before this and her aunt carried her. She could not stand and walk. She'd become so weak. Little Grace had full-blown AIDS. When I said, put your hand where you hurt or on the head of someone nearby, if you have a child with you, she put her hand on that little precious girl's head and she said, God, if you'll heal my niece, I'll turn from Buddhism and say that you're the only true and living God and I'll serve you the rest of my days. I said, raise one hand to heaven, put your other hand where the problem is. She raised the other hand and it felt like lightning, electricity went from her fingertips down her arm, out the other arm hand into Grace's little head. That night when she carried her home, all of a sudden Grace said, I want something to eat. The mama brought a big plate of rice. They thought, well, maybe last wishes you know, will bring her into a state of feeling better. And they knew something more had happened when she had cleaned the plate and asked for more. That whole family got radically saved. Her name wasn't Grace, but they renamed the names of their children with Christian names. Grace came all the way out, hours of travel away with that aunt. Nam, the aunt's name, gave her whole life to God, one of the greatest soul winners you'll ever meet that we work with in Thailand. Here we are decades later, you know, or a decade and a half or so, this is 2019. She said, I'm in college now and I'm studying because I want to be like a global, mission, uh, global ventures missionary. I'm studying languages and things like that because I want to take the good news of Jesus to others that have not heard. The gospel is the unstoppable force of heaven given for this entire universe so that mankind could be saved. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here and you say, man, that sounds exciting. I'd love to be part of the gospel going forth mightily like that. We want you to be a part more than just me. Heaven, the Lord wants you to be a part. Determine in your heart right now, what can I do? Can I go? If you can't go, if you absolutely get a no, the late Keith Green said, plan to go. Don't pray about it because the book already says go. <laughs> the Great Commission. Only stay if the Holy Spirit tells you to stay. So ask yourself, how can I go? How can I sign up on one of those trips? You can grab brochures at the table. You can go on our website and sign up and come to Peru or Brazil or Romania this next summer. Or next fall, you could come, this fall, you could come to Thailand with us. You could maybe greet, meet Grace. I think she's gonna come out and maybe be working with us again. Or you could go the end of next year to India or Bangladesh. But if you can't go, determine to send substitutes to get the gospel out. You might ask, how, how else can I make an impact? Pray regularly. Pray for ministries like me and others that go into these areas of the world where they haven't heard for millennia. Some instances they've never heard for and since the resurrection of Jesus. There's 
uh, family lines that have never been breached with the goodness of heaven by singly, singularly hearing the name and what Jesus did for them. Pray for us. In other areas you can give. We've just launched an initiative to up our monthly partnership because that makes the difference. I wanna turn two, almost 2.4 million souls that we've seen into one day 24, 25 million souls, face-to-face -face souls. Any of these ways are ways that you can make a difference. But the greatest thing is determine that you're gonna be a conduit of the, and vessel manifesting, manifesting the glory of God like never before. If you say, John, I wanna be a part, I wanna manifest the glory of God, I wanna share the good news gospel, wherever he wants me to go, whether it's across town or across the world, raise your hand high if that's you. If you say, I wanna be obedient, I don't wanna stand before him empty-handed. I wanna have miracles that have happened. I wanna have souls that are standing behind me and me not come to the Lord and be like that steward that said, I hid my, my gold in the ground. No, I took the gold of goodness of your blessing and I gave it to many, many others. Raise your hand high if that's you. If you say, I wanna get the gospel out. Hands going up. Thank you, 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 thank you. Amen, hands going up all, all over the world. You don't have to come all the way to Bangladesh. You can start at your front doorstep and God will use you to do great and mighty things. I want everyone in the room to stand with me on your feet. Put your hand on your heart and raise one hand to heaven. Everyone would do this. God needs us to be frontliners on his mission Frontliners everywhere we find ourselves, whether it's Withville, whether it's somewhere else in the state of Virginia, whether it's out of the state or whether it's the other side of the world. If you say, I wanna be his frontline man, his frontline woman, so that he is pleased with the work that happens through me, I want you to say this after me. Dear God, say it again louder. Dear God, I believe in Jesus. I believe he's your son. I give my life fully not just to him as Savior, but to him as Lord. Jesus moved through me to reach others, to do great and mighty things so that people can be one and know you as precious Father. Use me to manifest glorious miracles, words of power. Use me in words of knowledge. Use me in the gifts so that people's lives will truly be transformed. Use me as I go across town. Use me as I determine to go across the world so that I stand before you one day and say, Lord God, I didn't come here alone. I allowed you to be truly Lord. And as a result, I've obeyed, and that made the way for all of these that I brought here with me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about Legacy Church and other resources, visit us online at legacyfamily.info.